Welcome to Let's Get Practical. My name is Monica Lim. I'll be your host. And here we talk to non-obvious heroes that are doing incredible things. And we just have open conversations. You can participate and get to know uh, our guests and what they're doing. So today we have Nate Cadillac. He's a very good, dear friend of mine. I'm a super fan of his work and so happy to have him uh, on our podcast today. Hi, Nate. Hey, Monica. This is so exciting. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you for making time. I know you have a baby and so many things going on. So like, I really appreciate <laughs> uh, you carving some time for us. And for a lot of people who don't know you in, uh, in our audience, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my my background and kind of who I identify with, and I think maybe we'll get into this a little bit uh, in terms of how it holds me back a little bit, but I'm a designer. I've been a brand and product designer for, you know, 18 plus years. Um, but along the way, I've been more of an entrepreneur. Um, I'd say maybe a solopreneur at the moment in terms of how I think about building products. Um, but I write a weekly newsletter. I teach design to non-designers through uh, Approachable Design, which is a um, my, my company that I'm building. And I love to build, and that sometimes gets me in trouble <laughs> in terms of where I spend my time and my focus. Um, yeah, so many, so many things to talk about, you know, uh, Nate, and I, I already have so many questions, but uh, just to go off your introduction when you say, I love to build, and I think that can mean so many different things for people. But um, can you tell us, like, you know, this week, what what are you building this week? So I'm working on a couple of different things. So uh, one is uh, I started to partner with three other friends of mine to create a game studio. And it's called Hey, Good Game. Kind of like, hey, good game. <laughs> um, and we're really trying to build and acquire brainy games. So think of games like Sudoku or Wordle. Uh, we're really trying to kind of combine. I, I believe in the power of games in terms of it can be great for your mental health. Um, it's something that we do kind of in between the cracks of our day. And I think it's um, uh, something that it's just in, fun to fun to do. And so we're kind of hits on a number of different things that I'm really interested in, in terms of like design, building a business, uh, SEO, marketing, all of these things sort of come together. And I've been doing some of the behind the scenes work there. I also have a small project with a friend of mine called Fresh Prompts, and it's AI driven prompts for beginning uh, or beginner artists or intermediate artists who struggle with finding inspiration or creativity to kind of uh, help nudge them in a direction. So every morning we send out a prompt and I've been um, building that along with some of the writing and the content on, on the site as well. So uh, those are what I've been mainly oh focused on this week. That's like, I, um, I saw your tweets about, you know, the games and I'm like, wow, what is Nate up to? <laughs> and I was like looking at the website and I could not quite uh, figure out what it was. So like, you know, I saw the Sudoku, but then I yeah. saw, okay, we are, you know, like buying games. So it, it seemed like it was like a venture capitalist kind of thing where you're like inviting people who are creating these games to put it in one place. Um, so good games, is it more, 
you know, a place where somebody would come in because I can play Sudoku somewhere else. Mm -hmm. yep. But um, I thought it was interesting that was, you know, over there. So what was the, what's the, I don't know, what need or what pain point? Like, what were you trying to solve? Or like, are you trying to make it just more fun? Uh, I'm, I'm, I love games. And so I was just very curious. Yeah, I, those are all great questions. I think uh, we and we can get into this now a little bit, but I th I think the the need um, for us is that when you go play a game like Sudoku somewhere else, there's really no kind of brand or or consistent user experience. It's sort of, it's these one off games. So you know, Wordle sold to the New York Times, but there's really nothing else. You know, New York Times has its brand and it's kind of you know, uh, a holding company for games in, in, a, in a way. Um, we wanted to create, I'm really inspired by Tiny, you know, which is, know. like you said, um, you know, uh, they, they invest and, and, and buy small companies and they either allow the founder to kind of continue to, to work there um, or they find someone else to run the company. This is sort of like Tiny, but on a very <laughs> micro tiny scale in terms of, we think that there's a ton of opportunity to get a lot of these brainy and fun games in front of more people. Um, we think that we also have a way to monetize them and really create kind of a, a brand, uh, an umbrella brand around a lot of these games and provide a consistent user experience, consistent branding, uh, things like challenging friends and, and, a, and being able to kind of log in and keep score, have leaderboards. So we're going to start to sort of create a consistent experience around all of the games in our portfolio. Um, but you're right. It's part of it is, uh, is acquisition and trying to, uh, drive more traffic and, and, and create a more fun experience that, that we believe that we can build. Yeah. I, I think it's like so cool. And like, uh, I was looking at it and I was just, you know, like the, the game that I knew was a Sudoku game. So, mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that it had no ads or like, it was like, oh, you know, I, yeah. my son could play this, right? Yeah. So like having this uh, interface or this environment where it's just focused on games. Yeah. Um, I hate this, like, you know, apps that have games and like, this really is like inappropriate ads that pop up, you know, and like, it's a game for kids, but then you'll yeah. have like strange things pop up. And uh, I would totally buy like a subscription to like games that are like ad-free, yeah. Um, maybe like educational, like, I don't know, like, uh, learning words or like, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was very interesting. And, um, I just love Nate, how like, you're just, just really open to interesting things. Like you have this course about design that we're going to get into, but, um, this feels like very different, right? Like, you know, games and, um, like, is this like something that you've been drawn to? Like, I've known you since, you know, approachable design yeah. uh, through plan your next, but, um, this was like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, super different to me, but, uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts on like, like what kind of different things are you attracted to? Maybe like drawing from the past. I know you, you worked with like super high, like corporate, like Microsoft and other things, but, um, Yeah. I think that there's something that I like to chase in terms of my interests. And this is sort of what I was alluding to. And I feel like my identity is wrapped up in being a designer. Um, I'm trying to escape that a little bit. And so I'm trying to think about the things that are out around me that maybe involve design, but it's, it's 
it's lesser of a role that, that, you know, I'm really trying to chase what's interesting to me. And so games has always been fascinating to me. I, I played games a lot when I was growing up, um, kind of got out of it a little bit through my twenties, um, and mid thirties. And it, this just represented an opportunity to do something really interesting and fun, uh, with some friends. And I think the other aspect of this is the collaboration. And so you're right that I've, I built a drawing course with a, a mutual friend of ours. Um, you know, I think I chase things that are interesting that I think I can lend some of my expertise to, but take some of the burden off of that by bringing someone else in. And so I'm, uh, I think, uh, you know, Daniel, uh, uh, Vasalo like talks about portfolio of bets. Right. And I think this is my sort of way of thinking about that in terms of working with others, making a bunch of small bets. Um, maybe none of them hit, <laughs> hopefully a couple of them do, but, uh, I think it's a more interesting life to live for me, uh, to, to participate in a number of small projects. That's, um, that's so inspiring. Cause I, I feel the same way. And, and today, a lot of people I think are going through that where they, they've been doing like whatever they were doing for like the past 10, 25, you know, years. Yeah. And, um, you almost there, there, there's this huge sunk cost, right. To like experience why professionally, and then like, just trying to, you know, like, where do you go from, right? Like how do yes. you, you have all of this experience that you don't want to waste. And I feel the same way too. Um, I have all this experience and it's almost sometimes like I'm embarrassed to talk about all the experience that I have. Cause I right. feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm back at square one. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I'm trying this new thing. Yeah, I've done like I don't know a project manager for 20 years, but you know, like I'm, I'm I want like I want to try it. Like I like this, and I feel shy sometimes. But um, I love like have you have you gone through that where like the, the cost of switching context or right or do you think like having you know friends like how do you balance yeah. that? Yeah, I, I do think that there's a cost in in switching, but I. I do believe, like you just said, a project manager for however many years, people know you as that. It's really easy to feel kind of comfortable and safe in that that identity because then you don't have to explain all the different things that you're doing. Like, yeah, Nate's a designer. I've been designing. You know, I, I can accept that. But internally, I have a lot of struggle with with that because um, I, 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 I do believe that there are a bunch of different things that I am interested in and I want to chase. Um, and so... I have to be aware of that context switching that uh, can get me into trouble sometimes. I think that part of it is really think about what I want to do that week. What do I want to move the needle on um, and kind of stick to that the best I can, but I fail a lot at, at doing that. So what, one thing, I don't know if it could be, it could be an encouragement, but um, I've had this like crazy, like, you know, kind of like unexpected business trip that was supposed to be one day doing, you know, this presentation for Notion and then one day to do just sightseeing. I had hired a driver, but yeah. then there was this like this problem that came out of nowhere that I had to solve. And basically within, I was helping a team that was doing a project and within a day, like I had landed in Mexico city at let's say like noon and within like 12 hours, I had the contact of like the biggest, I don't know, like sound equipment guy, like the biggest. Um, so like that kind of knowledge comes from all of those years of doing random things. Right. So yep. 
Uh, you probably heard of the city logo, right? Like Paula Scher, like she yeah. created it in like four seconds, but it's right. not four seconds, but it's like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think, you know, like all of your years of design experience, like, do you have instances where all of that, you know, like stored knowledge or experience uh, came to use as you're doing this, this eclectic, I don't know, projects? Oh, absolutely. Like it all comes into play very quickly sometimes. So with Hey Good Game, I was able to kind of create a brand, uh, a website, spin that up really quickly. So there's things that I'm really great at and I can just build those really quickly, you know, and I, I, I think it lends itself to uh, the stuff I did with, uh, with drawing for writers. I was able to uh, record video, edit it, put up a site quickly, uh, you know, a number of projects like that. Fresh prompts took a week to kind of get up. Wow. So I think, I think it's really, I, that's also the, the trouble is because I, I can do that so quickly. I can stir up a lot of things. I need to be a little bit careful about how I spend my time. Um, you know, one way I think about that is for, Hey, good game. We set hours that we don't want to max out on. So I have a, an hourly limit of 10 hours a week to spend on that. Interesting. And that gives me a way to kind of compartmentalize my time with all of these other things that are going on. So, you know, hour and a half a day, you know, hour a day, it's, it's just a little bit of time. As long as I'm making movement on some of these things, I can handle the chaos a little bit better that way, but I have to be consistent. I can't waste time doing nothing. That's where I get into trouble. I see. Um, yeah, I just, just, you know, I, I spoke with, uh, Luis Pereira and now he's, he built, he's building like audio pen and I'm like, I love that tool. And I was like, I need to talk to this person. And what surprised me the most was like, you know, this is not something I needed. I was just building a lot of things and this one just hit. Like it was almost by accident, right? Yeah. And um, I, I really think that like all the things that you're doing, all the people that you're, you know, like you're just, just really laying your like nets. And then like, um, I'm sure some of those will just really click and then you can just just you know like i don't know go all in on those like i'm pretty sure yeah i i i believe that the time we've spent in our past doing whatever it is like you project management management for you it's it, it surfaces in ways that it, you are able to kind of move the needle uh, probably much more further than i could i, I mean just today i'm uh you asked for a, a media you know your photo and i just spun up a media kit page uh I don't know where it's going to live or organize, but like someone like you would just be able to kind of like do that so quickly, um, which I'm a little bit jealous of. <laughs> no, I, uh, oh, I, um, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, you know, like this is something that I could help people with. Right. Like, so I'm learning a, a lot of opportunities like that too. So, uh, I'm working with this YouTuber right now and that's, that's what it was. Like, I was like, Oh, I can help you do this and just, just showing what it would look like. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm, I'm also like learning, I'm just, just like, I chase what is interesting to me and my issue is like, I find a lot of things interesting <laughs> and I also need to be, I get in trouble and I need to be careful about like what I chase. But, um, I think we're, we're, I don't know, like in a time where there's so many things going on and because we have the tools available um, this, the cycles are just very short. Yeah. I don't know, like based, like you, you've done a lot of design for many years. 
do you feel that that's the case? Like, are your cycles much shorter for like testing, trying, building, checking, and then like, or no? For design, absolutely. So I uh, recently was doing a website project for a client. Um, first meeting, first first comp that I showed them, they were just like, wow, this is wow. it. Like, I didn't have to do any version two, version three, you know? So I think wow. there's times where that happens where it just feels so good because you just kind of, you've just done it so many times. You put the reps in, the the time to succeed on something like that goes down. Um, gives me more time to spend on other things. So, you know, absolutely it, it, it comes into play. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And um, I know like the, the, so like the, the good games, like I wanted to definitely ask you about that, but um, there are other more like, you know, like teaching and learning and all of that thing that is also happening in the background. And, um, I, I loved approachable design. It's like, it's a, a course that, uh, people ask me like, what are your favorite courses? And I have a list of my, my dear favorite courses. And I feel like some of these courses are no longer running. Like mm -hmm. I will, in, I will like, oh, you know, I, this course was amazing, but I'm not yeah. sure if they're still active. Yep. So I wanted to ask you, I know it's a lot of work and, mm -hmm. um, it works because it's very high touch. You put a lot of like love and care. Um, but I'm not sure like when was the last cohort that you've done? Do you plan yep. to do another one? Like what has been your experience as you probably noticed that a lot of people are wrapping, uh, their cohort based courses, like Ali Abdel just, you know, did like his last cohort based, uh, yep. course, Tiago Ford did the same. Um, so I know like it's, it's also a matter of trends, but I wanted to hear your experience, like teaching that course, running the course, and maybe, I don't know, what are your thoughts for, or vision for the future? Yeah. So approachable design started. And if you can tell a, us like what it is, cause I think a lot yeah. of people may not know. Yeah, absolutely. Approachable design was something that it was kind of my first idea after I left my last role in my, as a, as a creative director, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I started talking with people, mostly writers who would consider themselves non-designers and they had a lot of design questions about websites, personal branding, uh, things like that. So I, through all these conversations kind of stitched together this idea called approachable design, which is really meant to help us explore our own stories, our own experiences and pull threads on our personality and then apply design to those and make design really personal. I believe that once you make design personal, it becomes timeless. So you don't get tired of your design choices as quickly as you were to be inspired by a website and then sort of steal those colors or the textures. Mm -hmm. If you pull from your own experiences, it's much more um, easier to get excited over time, you know, months, years of using these same decisions because what in the end branding should be boring. So if branding is boring, it means it's consistent. It's you're using the same stuff over and over. You don't have to change things up every six months. Mm -hmm. And so I was, uh, I built a weekend course, um, partly because I didn't want to do it over four or five weeks. My job at the time didn't allow for that. And so I was doing this on weekends to, to, kind of put people, people through like a sprint essentially over two days to go from zero to learning how to use Figma, choosing their own colors, picking things for their own brands, if you will. And the I've, I've run 
seven of those or seven of those uh, over the past year and a half, two years. And the last one was, I believe, December of 2022. We were supposed to have one in March, which I actually canceled because I wanted to sort of like revisit the marketing and some of the content because I, I felt like I was struggling a little bit in terms of how to bring new people in. Mm-hmm. I think this is getting to your point where yeah. um, th- there's either people who are really successful at doing it and getting burned out on it because it is you know a chunk of their revenue just sort of baked into a, a few weeks of the year and they want to sort of find a way to evenly spread that out. Um, or there's people on the other side of the spectrum like me where it's like we're you know we're filling 15 people uh, in a cohort. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not actively promoting or marketing it, I'm finding it difficult to fill those seats. So it was really kind of like a, a reassessment of what is going really well and what's not going well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do plan to host more of them. Uh, and I've been working with uh, a small team of, of well, a, a marketer uh, to help our team to think about how to grow it. So I have, I have a, I have a lot of potential in there. I think that's untapped. Um, And so I'm kind of thinking about that holistically at the moment. Yeah. I, um, I, I really think that you should like, it's just, uh, and maybe in in a different way from before. So before it was like, yeah, like not like, you know, writers who are interested in design. I think a lot of the people at least that were on my cohort or maybe like on future cohorts, um, there are people who are just, just, just interested in design, but I, I do think that, um, design is like such an important component of creation and putting a product out there that a lot of people today are like opening their eyes to like digital products and, um, you know, like Canva is like doing really well, but like, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like bridging the, even, even if I use Canva, like learning how to make those decisions and um i'm using canva too because i'm like okay i love my palette and i love this i don't know what to do with these colors like yeah. you know and then like i will just apply some of these colors to uh pre you know created templates on canva or other things but yep. i see a lot of people really young or like you know older just creating things and yep. um for like I would, I would like, you know, just, they would just do it because they need it for their job, right? Like yep. from like monetizing in their mind. So, um, I really hope that you continue in, in, in some different form. Cause I think probably what you have now is just like very high end. So you, you're just like creating like, I don't know, a Christian Dior type of thing, but <laughs> you, you want to create like maybe like a Zara type of thing where it's still serving right, right. a lot of people, but it's still, um, I don't know if that makes sense. Like something that that it's it's is easier for you to maintain, but there's like so much value in that. I think like uh, and I can give you like more more thoughts and ideas on it based on like other courses I've taken and seen. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that you bring it back alive. I think it's a I, I love that material, and I can see a lot of people benefiting from approachable design. That's actually such a great idea. We should talk more about this. Um, yeah, but I. I you're right that Canva is a wonderful tool. Um, I, I like to use Figma a lot myself, but they're just tools. And so you still need to make decisions in these tools. And if you don't know, you know, what colors you like or what colors you should be using or textures, you, that is still going to be an impediment to 
designing, right? So um, I think that I'm trying to sort of capture that top of funnel um, for people who are interested in that. And I think you're exactly right. Like I need to create a more accessible version of, of that workshop, which is on in, in my plans uh, of things to do. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, and happy to help you with, you know, like ideas or, you know, whatever you need, happy to support you in that. The you, you talked about like one of the key points, I think of design that I struggle with. A lot of people probably do too, which is like making decisions, like design decisions that mm -hmm. have an aesthetic consequence. Yeah, uh, right. So I wanted, and, and sometimes like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to decide on if that makes any sense. So mm. you just talked about, okay, I just did this project or I don't know if it was a website for a client. They loved the design. I didn't have to change anything. Yeah. They loved the draft of the, the of the website. Yep. Um, going back, if you could like place yourself like back to when you were first making that website, what, what are some of the, the first key decisions that you make? When you're when you're doing a website or I don't know a Notion page or whatever it is, like what are some some uh, and it can be like theory or like practice, mm -hmm. like um, I don't know. Can you can you share like I don't know two or three maybe key the the very first decisions that you should make? Yeah, so I think with in a, with a client who has an existing brand, and this can apply to you know creators with existing brands, they have they've already made some of these designs design decisions. So they've made it easy on me to sort of take those and refresh them. And so with uh, this particular client, I, I knew what colors I had to work with. Um, I knew that a lot of their stuff looked dated. So I had to kind of think about how, how could we simplify using their existing palette and create something that feels a little bit more modern. So early design decisions are just taking things that work already and being very careful not to get rid of those. Mm -hmm. um, I think part of it is, 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 is assessing what's working and what's not working and then, you know, remove what's not working. It's, it sounds simplistic, but it's really, that's the key thing is to, to lean into what's working, what's driving revenue, what's bringing in more customers and thinking about what isn't. So um, brand elements come into play in, into that. Um, usually it's a lot of asking questions. It's, it's, you know, again, what is working? What are, what are certain pages or certain, uh, artifacts that are driving a, most of your revenue? What is it about that, that is doing so well? Um, so I tend to think a lot about, uh, those higher end business goals, uh, mm -hmm. you know, involving design before getting into the, like the really tactical stuff. Um, and then it's, it's, it's about, you know, Design is very visual, so I think a lot about imagery. Uh, this particular client, um, you know, does uh, uh, like window installation, you know, and so a lot of their photography was a little bit out of date. It felt kind of just a lot of the images were like really dimly lit, things like that. So I, it's it's my role to kind of say, hey, here's an example of what it should look like. Let's change the art direction a little bit on some of the photography that you're shooting so that we can kind of liven up and make things feel like they have life. So I'm, I'm really trying to bring some energy and momentum into the designs that I'm creating uh, through different ways. Oh my God. I'm, I was like, I was just stuck on what, what you said. Like, I thought it would be like, I don't know, uh, it, it is a, a company. I thought your client was maybe a creator or like, mm. and then you said <laughs> window right. installation. And I was exactly. like, my eyes weren't like this. And I think, yeah. um, 
that is something that I've been like, just, just realizing lately how we live in this bubble, like, you know, like my Twitter bubble, right? Like my, yeah. my husband has like, my husband is in oil and gas. Like oh, sure. I, I, I told you everything. Like, so yeah. he knows nothing about Twitter. He knows nothing about podcasts. Like he's like, he's very kind of, uh, like insulated in, in this world of like commodities, resources, like real things that don't even need marketing. Like this is like, you know, like, I don't like, we don't need to market anything. People need this stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but I think you bring up a great, great point where I don't know, imagine all the dental like clinics and all of these things that have terrible websites. Like yeah. I just had to sign up my, my son for a dental appointment and I'm like, Oh my God, this website is horrendous. <laughs> right. So is that like, do you see opportunities also in like, just like a more real kind of services that people use every day on getting this like refresh or like, how did you like, you know, have this like window installation client? That's like fascinating. Yeah. I think, I think there's so much opportunity here. Uh, a more recent client is going to be, um, boat. They, they sell wow. boats and they do boat storage. Right. And so I actually think that these you could even call them boring businesses have a lot of potential because they are uh, typically under optimizing for marketing and design. And so there's always opportunity to connect with their customers more. Like a lot of these companies don't have really great email lists. They have them, but they're, they're not doing anything with them. And so there's really high leverage things that someone like myself can bring to the table. And it's kind of exciting because you're, you're getting to, help them envision what their business could look like with higher engagement, um, more automation with, with, you know, how people come in the front door, um, what are they looking for? And so it sounds kind of boring, but it, to me, it's really actually really interesting. And I prefer to do this kind of stuff more than working on the latest. Like, it's not why I would go apply to, to Webflow or Figma. Like I actually don't really want to work at these design led companies. Um, because I find just so much joy in helping um, smaller businesses out. I, uh, I, I'm totally with you, Nate. Like this is like, uh, I'm, I'm opening my eyes to my neighborhood. Right. And like, I, I have, I'm working a lot in the evenings. I'm like a little bit more free in the, in the afternoons. I'm getting to know my neighbors and just, just realizing that, wow, people like are very different and have very different lives. And, um, I totally agree with you. Like this boring businesses happen to also be like cash flow positive. Like, it's not yeah. like they are businesses that are making income and, um, this idea of let's, let's make your business just, you know, from boring to fun, right? Like it's a, I think it would be a very interesting, uh, offer to these people who, um, you know, who are already doing well, like they're not desperate to, to make yep. changes, but they have, right. you know, they have like income and they have revenue that to them probably is not a big investment, right. To change their website. So, um, and they probably they don't know that. Or they haven't spent the money very often. So like maybe right. it's been 10 years since they've updated something. So they have the cash to spend, you know, on, on really like, okay, this is going to be a hundred. 50 to hundred K project because we're profitable. We've waited 10 years to do this. Um, and so we have the money to spend on it. So the budgets are actually pretty, pretty healthy. 
Yeah. So I, um, and it might be like not to add more projects to your plate, but like not, you know, like I, I definitely see a huge opportunity to, to just like, you know, like looking, observing your neighborhood and, and seeing yeah. who are the businesses that are thriving in your neighborhood and like making an interesting flyer to them. Like, I don't know, just, just like those things. Uh, I'm also looking at those opportunities as I'm transitioning out of my IT startup job since yep. like, you know, I'm, I'm living in Houston now. Um, but yeah, just, just, I think there, there are so many things. And because like you have the skill sets that are so portable, like I'm so jealous, Nate, <laughs> this, like, you know, like the design thinking is like, uh, I'm, I'm like, Oh, you know, like this could be done, but I can't do it myself. Like, it's just like, I'm always like, you know, deflated with, Oh, this would be wonderful, but I can't do it. Um, so any, well, for the record, yeah. I'm not, I'm, you know, I think collaboration is, is key. I'm working with others on these projects. You know, I don't do the development myself. And so I'm working with, with developers and engineers to, to, to build these things out. So even like, like, I think you, if you wanted to, let's say, build websites for local businesses around you, like you could find a designer, you could find a developer, you could, you know, project manage the whole thing. And I, I think that there's a ton of opportunity for anybody who actually wants to chase this kind of work. So if I, like, if I were interested, okay, you know, like the, the, you know, like my neighbor, she's a stylist and she wants to create a website and I want to help her. Uh, and it's actually true. Like my neighbor, she's from Nigeria. You know, she came also with her husband, very similar situations, but she was like a big shot in Nigeria, like dressing all the Nigerian celebrities. Wow. And then she's now here. She's like, she's like staying at home and like, I'm like, Oh my God, her name is Jasmine. Jasmine, like, I want to help you. And we're planning yeah. this like little fashion show for kids. Cause like our neighborhood has a lot of kids and I'm like, you know what? Like I have experience doing fashion shows. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, so like if I wanted to do that, where can I find not like, I don't want to find a designer off of Fiverr that like, I mean, there are good designers, but then like, I'm not sure if they're good. Like, is there like a vetted pool of designers that we, that people have access to or I, I think that you I think that so in the past I would have also agreed with you and I've never used Fiverr so I'm not fully sure but there are you know Upwork and um, other services like this I think there is more quality on there I think that there ha I think the quality has gone up over the years in terms of like who's on there you just have to do a little bit more work to find them but uh, there's Dribble, so Dribble with three Bs dot com has design freelancers on there. You're going to pay a little bit more because the quality is a little bit better. But I think there's plenty of places between between bounty sites uh, like you know Upwork or more freelance focused sites like Dribble. Um, you can you can easily find a designer. I think you could even publish a post on Twitter and oh, wow. call. Yeah, you know, I might help. I might so, give it a try, but. Um... You know, I've worked with, uh, I have worked with people like contractors for almost like three years. And I think I'm very, I'm very surprised at how well I have managed them I, in terms of like, I will take in somebody with very little experience. I will teach them so many things and they usually leave me within a year because they find really good jobs with all the skills that I've like, you know, trained them and I, I'm so happy for them, but, um, I've been very good at training them, but I know how to train like virtual assistants, like more like admin work, but 
what do you think would be a good way to to filter a designer? Like, what are some, you know, like what what kind of project, a small project, uh, would be a good test project to see? Oh, are they good or are they just like you know just putting things together? Yeah, I think so. Let's say you had a project in mind. So this this um, Jasmine who you know might need a new website, you could probably do something for her and find a designer who has experience in that field prior. So like having gone through and, and built a business, um, you know, was it a, was it a stylist? Yeah, was, fashion yeah, stylist. So, so fashion stylists, like ha finding a designer who's done previous websites, like in that, in that industry would go a long way to kind of onboarding them really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in terms of design, you know, I would ask them about, I, I would think about the business first. So I would, mm -hmm. you know, aesthetically, I think you have good taste. You could probably sniff out, you know, whether it's looks dated or not. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but I think you would want to maybe talk about how did this project that you did, like, how did that help the business? Did it, did it help them grow? Do you know the numbers? Like, do you know what, mm -hmm, how many mm -hmm. people converted? You get an idea of like, you want someone who can kind of think about making business minded design decisions. So mm -hmm. it'll help you prove to the client that this is worth it mm -hmm. because a new website is nobody's going to spend money on a new website just to have a website. Uh, they right. want it to help grow their business. And so if you start to connect those dots a little bit more clearly, then, uh, finding a designer who can kind of think about it that way is, is really helpful. Wow. This is, uh, I, I would have never thought about that. Like, you know, just, just the, the, the conversion of it. Like, I'm like, okay, I want something pretty that works and clicks and like does things, yeah. but like the, I don't know, like the, the conversion and, and it, it is a much bigger project, right? Like the, the, the well, marketing and like all of that parts. It is. And I, but I think that you can sell a website more clearly when you can say, Hey, you know, what do you do in a month? What do you do? What is your like monthly recurring revenue right now? Uh, we believe that with a new website, bringing in new customers and new leads and maybe having an email newsletter or something like that, like we can three X what your monthly wow. revenue is. I'm sold. Like most people <laughs> will buy that. Right. But yeah. if you go to someone and say, Hey, our website is going to cost you $15,000. Um, you're going to get a great looking website, but it's $15,000. Like yeah, that sounds like an expense it. that nobody is going to yeah. spend on. So, um, you can, if you can connect to the business and think about them and think about it as an investment versus an expense, uh, you'll do a much better job in, in getting customers, um, that way. Yeah. Um, so this is like so helpful and I know that, you know, I've, I've learned, um, I just, you know, like your, your sub stack, it's like my home. It's like, if I'm, I'm, if I'm lost, it's like my North star, like I will look out, okay, what is Nate doing? And like, it just gives me so much peace because like my sub is like all over the place. And I'm like, oh, it's like a lost cause. But like, I will look at your sub stack and it's like, so there's like so much balance and like, it's like a one thing and not, you know, like 10 different things. Like it's mine. Um, how did like was that intentional like how did you start building your plan your next because it's a it's a wonderful i think uh newsletter that um yeah i just wanted to to hear like your journey through like substack you were i think one of the early users and i know you were doing like podcasts a little bit too and mm -hmm. like reading i think your newsletter um 
there have there been any changes like how are you approaching your newsletter now like what have you learned um yeah if you can share yeah i I'm love your i never, love your sub stack thank you so much that means a lot um i'm never i'm never comfortable with where it's at so it's oh my gosh. an evolution of change um, i try to be consistent as possible you know first with the the, the writing practice itself. And then second, visually in terms of like how I come across, like how do people feel emotionally when they read or see my, my, uh, sub stack. And so all of that matters to me, but you're right. I was an early adopter. 2018 is when I started planning next. I, I wrote about 15 pieces and then stopped for a year and a half because I just, I didn't have that. I was forcing it. And then I right, took rite right. of passage, which changed my life. And then yeah. I picked it back up. Um, and so now I've been writing for over two years, um, you know, on, on that newsletter, I think, you know, the way that I think about it is, um, I like, so I think about vibe first. So, I mean, let's set writing aside. Um, I think writing is such an important part, but I'm kind of all over the place, but I do think about when people interact with my presence online, like, what is it that I want them to feel? And for me, it's just a sense of like calm, you know, I want them to be inspired, but I, I'm, I'm careful about the colors I use, the illustrations that I draw for it because I want it to feel like a calm place. And that's really a vibe that I try to attach to a lot of things that I do. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by palm trees. I'm inspired by the beach. You know, these are the things that are just bring me peace and, and joy. Right. So I, I, I'm a Marie Kondo the shit out of everything <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> And oh God, think like, about, think about that. Um, I love how you like, I want people to feel calm and you're right. That's, that's the, that's how I feel. And like, it's just, it's not just calm. Cause sometimes, you know, calm has also that connotation of like boring, um, or too quiet. And I think yeah. your, your newsletter comes across to me as like, it, it has that little, you know, that little, like nuanced, subtle fun. And I think for me to, to feel the fun, I feel special. Like, I feel like yeah. not many people might find this funny, but I think it's super cute and fun. And like that, that yeah. sort of like invitation, I invite you to have fun with this. Um, I love that. Like some, you I know, like, too. Yeah, yeah, some, some, some things are, this is supposed to be funny. And like, it's obvious that it's supposed to like be funny and make everybody laugh. But I think your, yours is like, you know, you just have to like look at it for five seconds and then it's really, really cute and funny. Like, um, and I, and I, and I like that, like to, to like, you're just inviting people to linger and I mean, it's, it's hard to imitate, but like, it's like, oh, you know, like it, it makes me think like, how would, do I want to be perceived as, and, uh, it's, it's interesting. You're using colors and like the illustrations. Those are like the, the, the two key things that you think. And then you're writing, right. of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a balance between all three, you know, like I, I think that the, you hit on something that's really difficult for me is, is to make things funny. Like I actually, <laughs> so when I, when I do a draft, it's like the most boring piece <laughs> of, it's just, it's so boring in my mind that like, I actually have to try very hard to think about what I want this to be funny. Cause the things that I love are funny, right? Alex Debranco's both our true newsletter is so hilarious. I can't. Oh, I never not heard of that it. one. Okay. Oh, it's so both good. are true. Yes. Both are okay. true. Uh, 
I think I referenced him in my last newsletter because I actually bumped into him at a Whole Foods here. Uh, oh my god, and that was it was amazing. Um, but I the, the being funny, I think, is what such an attractive quality to newsletters. People who can write, you know, finance in a funny way or any any boring topic that has a little bit of humor is so much more interesting to me. So I I, I try to I try to spend extra time on figuring out like what what is funny about life. You know what is silly. I think. Uh, Whitney Cummings, who's a comedian, she did an interview with Tim, Tim Ferriss a long time ago. And Tim asked her, can you learn to be funny? Like, can you practice being funny? And she's like, absolutely. Wow. You just have to look at the world. And this is like design in my mind too. But like, you have to look at the world with kind of like a child, like, like I, like you have to, th you have to see the stuff that's silly and funny and just laugh at it and point it out. Because a lot of us just see something that's kind of funny and we like, look around to see if other people reacted first or not. Like you have to kind of trust your instincts and practice that, like practice looking at the world and through a silly lens. Um, and so I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. I also struggle with the same thing. Like, I, you know, like the, the, the whole pop thing where just making it like pop and like, Oh, <laughs> like I'm terrible at this. Like yeah. it's so hard to be fun. Like, yeah. And like, I just gave up. Like I just, I, I will tell people I'm not your funny teacher. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Yeah, it's just like, uh, and I've, I've given up and I'm like really compensating with value. I can give a very content heavy, rich, you know, lecture, but it's not going to be funny. But I'm always, <laughs> I'm always trailing behind the funny guys, right? Because like, that's like better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, like you mentioned, like read a passage and I think we both, um, we both love learning and uh I learned about the copy that course from you. And I love that course, by the way. Mm, Thank you for so like, yeah, it's just so simple. Right. And so I, simple. I'm a big fan of like, you know, Sam Parr and like the things, you know, like trends, you know, when you used to be like uh, Steph Smith, like that sort of like group, like Trang Fan, like the, yeah. there's a group of people that I think somehow, I think Sam put together, he has a great eye for people that, you know, like good teams um, have you been like learning? What, what have you been like? I don't know, like learning lately. Is there any course that like caught your attention or maybe there is a creator that is like inspiring you these days? So you, you, you touched on Sam Parr. I think I'm, I've become a fanboy of, of his because he, I think with all the things that we're talking about, I see him doing the same thing in a way, right? Like building copy totally. that he just launched uh, ideation bootcamp or academy. I can't remember, but it's a, uh, it's really like about how to break down businesses. And oh, wow. Is that a new I think thing? It's a, great, it's a new thing that launched like maybe a month ago. Okay. I'm going to check it out. And I, I'm, I love that he's able to talk about copywriting, breaking down businesses. He runs the hustle or he used to, and now runs, um, uh, Hampton Hampton. That thing is like, and also so I'm very inspired. Clever. Yeah. I'm inspired because he's doing big things and small things. And I, I think that that's, there's a ton of, you can see that he's excited about all of them. Yeah. And so for me, it's the same thing. It's like, I want to build big things and small things, but mm -hmm. have a slew of things in general. Um, copy that was great. I put it into practice recently. So I had a client reach out who wanted to do uh, design coaching for one of their employees. And I got an email and instead of negotiating over email, I was like, I'm going to just spend two hours on a landing page, pretend like I've had this service for years. And I signed up this client, you know, and it was a, you know, 
multiple thousands per month based on two hours of work on a landing page. Cause mm -hmm. I, I got an email back from them. They're like, Oh, you already had a service for this. This is amazing. I that is so brilliant, was Nate. able to sell a service just the morning of by creating a landing page using some of the copywriting skills that I learned. Um, oh my God. Um, and if you can share that, that, uh, link, I'm going to put it on the sure. show notes for, for all the things that we're talking today, but, um, that is brilliant. Like if somebody is asking you, oh, you know, like, so I've been, I've been getting a lot of questions like, oh, Monica, like I want to learn Korean. Do you teach Korean? And it was like, my mind is like, I can teach Korean. Yeah. I haven't yet, but yeah. then it's like the same situation where maybe I should just create something where I just have like, I don't know, like, like okay, learn how to read Korean in five hours or something, you know, like, I and put so. that together and then like, oh, is this what you're looking for? <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is and so I, brilliant. I, because otherwise you could go back and forth over email and say, well, I've never really done this before, but like, here's what I think I should, try. you know, and that doesn't sound very compelling. That's you're just kind of already pitching someone. So it's more compelling to say, let me write up a landing page, tell my story, like my background, use copywriting as a way to kind of like t tap into emotion and then put a number on it. And that's much more easier for people to pay than just like waffling over email. Right. So that is like um, brilliant. You should absolutely put up a landing page and <laughs> say, yes, this is, I do, yeah, I do I, do this. Yeah. And here's what my offer. That's I might, I might do that. It's just the only thing is like, probably I need to get video involved because like just, just writing about it is might be hard. I think you could no? just get it up without video and then okay. maybe so what I did was I tried it um, on top of that, you know, like from all of these other things I've learned, it's like, how do you create a, a compelling offer? So I took and said, Hey, I'll give you all my courses with this package. I will give you all of the videos I've made on design and I'll include it in this coaching package. So then it became more valuable. Like you could do notion templates that you'll get as part of signing up to have you teach Korean. Um, all of these other things that stand out more than like, any other coach might have. So, um, wow, that's, I think that's you start like to bring great... in all of your past experiences and, and, and just deliver something more valuable than you could have two years ago. Right. Uh, I know that you were like, I, I bought your, you know, like writing the, the procreate course. And I was like, Oh, like the little things I was like, Oh, you know, this is like so useful. But, um, did you like record all of that with like, I don't know, like screen flow, like what are some tools that you use to create like websites or like, I know you're using Figma for design. If you're doing like video work for courses, um, do you, I don't know, use, uh, screen flow. Like there are a couple other tools like Descript also does like, you know, video yeah. stuff. Um, what are, what's like your, your like tech stack for creation these days? Yeah. So design is, is Figma. Um, I developed and designed, uh, Hey, good game in framer. Um, wow. so that is, uh, a kind of a new tool that I'm really fond of. However, I think Figma in the next few weeks at their, the conference is probably gonna, I bet that they're gonna like, uh, come out with some sort of publishing feature. So we'll see <gasps> what happens there. That would wow. be pretty cool. Um, but for video, you're right. I was recording video on my laptop using my camera and then I would go into screen flow and edit and stitch together some of the screen sharing and then some mm -hmm. of my voiceover and some of my you know first person camera stuff um for drawing with writers it was a little bit more difficult because uh 
Saman and I were trying to collaborate and do right. video. So we wrote out some of the script ahead of time. And then we recorded in real time, both of us kind of talking about drawing and, and, mm-hmm. and actually drawing ourselves. So that took a little bit more of a concerted collaborative effort, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so those videos actually took longer that to, to do than, than normal. But you're but doing like screen flow mainly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, screen flow. And I think we used some streaming service, not Riverside, but it was like Riverside. StreamYard. No, not StreamYard, but one of the, one, one of, of those. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is, that's like useful. And then like when, uh, and you're editing all of that in ScreenFlow as well. Yes, I, I was. Oh. Um, some of those we just kind of took as is, but for the most part, I brought them into ScreenFlow and did a little bit of touch up. Wow. The, um, yeah, the, and then websites like yeah, Framer. I think for work, we also use Framer and yeah, I just like, you know, Photoshop announced the whole like AI creation tool, like for AI generative like images. And yeah. I'm not surprised Figma will, it was, a, it was a matter of time that they would come up with something like Framer. Right, right. It's like all the big guys are, they eventually take over. <laughs> True. But I think Fr- Framer's been around a long time and they've been kind of a small guy. So I'm, I'm excited to see them uh, win at this game right now. You know, Webflow is is trying to mimic Framer, you know, and Figma, I think, is trying to catch up to the publishing aspect. But Framer is pretty incredible at the moment. Oh, wow. Um, one of the the things that I wanted to, to ask you about is, um, so you are a parent now. And yeah. uh, it's, I think, it just changes so many things. And I'm not sure, like, your, if your wife is working, maybe she's not, but... Um, how has having a baby changed your workflow and, um, how do you manage having, you know, a a very young child that needs a lot of work and, uh, and all, I feel you're doing a lot more work these days than before. Uh, I thought like maybe you were taking less work, but how are you managing all of that? Yeah. So to be fully transparent. So our, our daughter is, uh, turned two years old in April. And we are both, uh, employed parents. So, you know, um, my wife works, uh, a full-time job and has a small, co- well, a pretty large commute with that. Um, so we have, we have our daughter in daycare and daycare is not cheap. Um, so we both work to, to support that. So having Roe and our daughter at daycare during the days, like frees up a lot of time for us mm-hmm. both to kind of do our thing. Um, I think we drop her off around seven thirty, pick her up around four thirty ish, and and that's that's pretty much every day. Um, let's see here. Uh, we're we're also expecting uh, another, so congrats here first. <laughs> um, so things will get interesting in in you know when when that happens. So yeah, we're uh, I don't know what, what was the other question in there because I think no the the that was the question like the. Um just the parenting, like it just changed. Like, I think being a parent totally changed the way I see things. Like, and it's, I think like, I don't know, hormones and things for women is different, but I just became a lot braver. Like I just became like, I was kind of like, it was so interesting. I was afraid to drive, but then like I had to drive and it was like, I just, I didn't get any additional driving training, but like after I have my babies, I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive you guys and we're going to be safe. Like just my mentality became a lot more sturdy and, um, 
and then like time management, like I do a lot of like, I, I have this hour where my kids go to Kumon and I'm like, so productive. like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get like shit ton of work done within yeah. the next 15 minutes. Uh, so I think like, it's just like very different. And then I, I get like, okay, I, I, I need to be with my kids and I will not work an entire day or it's, it's very complicated, right? Having kids. It's, it's so complicated, but you know, before, before, um, before Rowan, I remember there was two designers that I really admired. Uh, one was Cameron Mall and one was Koi Vin. And Cameron, <gasps> I love Koi Vin. You know Koi Vin? Yeah, okay. New York uh, Times. So he, uh, Cameron Mall has five kids and Koi, I think, has three. And I don't know them personally, but like the impact they've had on my own career, just in terms of like uh, being inspired by them and seeing what they are able to create with kids is mm -hmm. prolific. Like the amount of work and the amount of projects they deliver on and the, and the way that they, I know it's tough. I'm sure it's tough for them. It's tough for everybody, but like the amount of um, dedication they have to their, to their career and to their family is, is very inspiring to me. And so to your point, I think you're right that we look at those pockets of like a half hour here, hour here, we can probably get more done in that time than we used to. At least it is for me. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've become, while it's more complicated and stressful, I think I've become more productive since having a daughter. Um, but I do work a lot, you know, like that's just, I work um, after she goes down sometimes, you know, a lot of the time actually. And, uh, you know, should we spend more time together um, as a family? Like, absolutely. Like, I don't think that there's, uh, a limit to that, but, um, we do what we can. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. Like the one thing that I feel challenged by what you said is that I always, you know, you, you always have somebody who's doing better than you and like worse than you. Yeah. And I'm always like, kind of like telling my husband, like I, I resent my husband cause he just like leaves <sighs> and forgets about the world and it comes back home. And then like, you know, there's like dinner ready sometimes. And sometimes like, he makes dinner, but, um, I resent him. Like I'm also working, but like, I feel like because yeah. of the arrangements, uh, I feel like there's just more on my plate. Um, yeah. I just had a business trip that I just wanted to go to. Like I created this business trip for myself and, uh, for, for my husband is like, okay, my work is forcing me to go to this business trip. Right. And I think he sees my trips as totally like optional. Uh, sure. and I, I, I literally had to like hire a nanny. I made sure like everything was set up. I cleaned the house, like all of that before leaving. Um, but I feel like, oh, like I'm always having like the shorter end of the stick and like, I'm always kind of like, like boo-boo. But what you just said now, like there are all these people that have kids and have amazing careers and like they're doing great things. And I think I should like be inspired by that and not, okay, I cannot do anything because I have kids. Like I'm always like complaining and have a poor attitude. So I think yeah. that is, is definitely something that I need to work on. It's hard. So do I, I mean, like I'm, I'm right there with you and it's, it's so tough. And I, like I said, like it, it's hard not to feel bad because you think you can do more, um, or you should spend more time with your kids. So this is all of that guilt kind of wrapped up into my own stuff too. So I feel the same. Um, I had, you know, I was planning on going to craft and commerce next month, um, backed out of that, but just because financially and the time and other stuff that's going on, like just couldn't do that. And I just, 
kind of bugs me a little bit, right, but, um, yeah. you know, but reality is reality. And I think we, I struggle with that, a lot of the same things. So. Right. Um, last question, Nate, like we talked about people who are inspiring us. Um, what is, I don't know, like, what are some people that are like really just inspiring you these days? Like it could be creators, like, you know, people like books, um, what is something that really like sparked a lot of joy recently? Wow. That's a good question. And I haven't even thought about this. Um, I've been inspired by, um, I've been inspired by people who are able to, to build companies, uh, small companies, but like, um, you know, I think we, we touched on Sam Parr, um, really inspired by, by what he's doing, even though I'm not really in the web three space, I've really just enjoyed watching Jack Butcher evolve oh, yeah. as a, as a creator, um, and Amazing. really take on more art focused projects, I mm -hmm. think has been really, really interesting. Uh, even though I feel like there's just so much spam there going on from like that account. But like, I think, I think in general, I'm like, I'm really inspired and in, in, like by people who have evolved their careers and their businesses. Um, and, you know, just on a more personal level, like I, I'm really inspired by Kay He. Um, mm -hmm. I think that people who can run honest businesses um, with the complications of family around, I think is, I, I think about that all the time. You know, I think mm -hmm. about how can I be um, more, like, especially with Kay, like how can I make more time for, for personal health, fitness, and still She's grow crazy. a, a yeah. business, right? So um, absolutely. And, I would love to meet him in person. I, I've seen your, you know, like, I think you guys met before. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's putting together a meetup, I think, in June. You guys live nearby, right? For, we live in the same city. State. Uh, like... uh, same state. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're like an hour apart, but yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, well, still pretty far. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna, I might try to make it, but you know, it's just like so complicated, but, um, I would love to, it's been really nice to be in the States and meeting people in person. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, I'm excited for what's next, you know, like I'm planning my yeah. next and yeah, <laughs> I just right. really inspired by your work, Nate. And, um, yeah, I just, just thank you so much for, for making this time. Uh, what, you know, I know like I'm going to include a bunch of like links to your newsletter, to things. Um, is there a place that you would want to direct some of the listeners to? I think just my newsletter, planyournext.com is where I write weekly and I'm a little bit scatterbrained. You know, I, I tend to touch on design, creativity and, and building your next thing. So, but that, that's like my home base. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nate. Good luck with, uh, work and family and everything that's going on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.